Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God bless you, God bless you. DTW Ministry, this is Reverend Aaron Williams. We're just excited to have you with us tonight. You know, um, I just want to be honest, you know, um, as I continue to say, and I'll say it again, um, that this is a walk that I'm having with the Lord, and um, you are having the privilege of walking with me. You know, those that are tuning in by way of Blog Talk Radio, um, this is the 1901st episode of Blog Talk Radio, Purpose Kingdom, and those that are on Facebook Live, you know, we welcome you, and just all of us that are here, we thank God that the Holy Spirit is here, you know, that the Lord is here for where two or three or more gather in his name, there he is in the midst. We just thank God for you, you know, for your continued prayers and support. You know, as always, let's open up with a word of prayer. God, we thank you and we bless you. Thank you for your word that's forever settled in heaven. We pray that you would settle your word in our hearts, God, that we may hide your word, God, for wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways, but by giving heed according to your word. It's your word that's a light unto our path, that's a lamp unto our path, and a light unto our pathway. God, so we welcome you, and we pray, God, that your word will establish us, stand up in it, speak through us, give glory to yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It seems that I'm on a tangent, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm in a trench, and not a trench that's dug um, by me, but a trench that's dug by the Lord. You know, I, I used to ride a bike all the time, you know, and sometimes you would get your wheels stuck in a rut where you were trying to stare one way, and you would be going a different way. Usually when you got caught in a rut, it took you to a place not just that you didn't want to go, but that was detrimental, you know, either to you or your bike or both of you at the end. But I, I like this, this vein that the Lord had me. Um, when I'm speaking about the love of God, because one, we know it's the love of God that constrains men. We know that it's that by his love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. We understand that it's the love of God, you know, that keeps us. It's the love of God and his grace and his mercy, you know, by which none of us are consumed. So it's the love of God why I'm here and you're able to sit on the other side just to listen that we can share this thing together. You know, and I've talked about it, and I don't talk down about the gifts because I do believe that the gifts are still prevalent in the church. Well, but will there be faith? Will there be love? Will, will, will there be people who are not afraid to walk in the love of God to use the gifts, not for self-gratification, not that people may gravitate towards us and say such nice things about us, but will they know your God? And, and that, 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 that's my piece. That, that's the part I wanted. Will they know that you know God? Not, not will they know you're a prophet. Not, not will they know, and we, we're hearing good news and bad news quite often, you know, um, where they're having a, a pastor living a double life. And, you know, I, I can't say something because I know my life had, you know, in the past was up and down, in and out. You know, and all have said and come short of the glory of God. We're not here to point fingers, but we're here to preach the gospel because the gospel 
is the power of God. For Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Not our philosophies, not how well we can put it together, not our sermons, but the gospel. And that is that Christ became the propitiation, the sacrifice, the substitute for our sin. That God, it pleased the Lord to bruise him for me, for you, for for us, that we now have a right to the tree of life by his sacrifice. Because it wasn't possible that the blood of bulls and heifers and turtle doves should save or deliver us from sin. But this man, my God, this man, Christ Jesus, died once for all. And his blood, his atonement, his sacrifice was the only sacrifice that was received of God and approved. He now has given us the spirit of reconciliation through him. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and has given unto us the ministry. My God, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. What a responsibility to be a partaker of the work of Christ, to reconcile the world back to God. And we do that through love. And I I, I gave the topic because we were in a discussion with the men on Saturday, and I asked the question, is it to cover, uncover, recover? I even threw another word, discover, in there. But for the topic for tonight, I don't know if I'm going to get to all three. I think right the way that I'm feeling, what I'm hearing in me, is just cover. You know, because the Bible says in First Peter, let me read it, First Peter 4 through 8, it says, at 4, 8, 4th chapter, 8th verse, and above all things have fervent charity, have fervent love among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude. Of sins, and in the open Bible, which is a Bible um, that we had, you know, back years ago at our church, um, it's in cap. The word "the multitude of sins" is capitalized. And I looked through another translation. I asked a couple of guys on the broadcast um, on the Zoom page, um, "Is it capitalized in your Bible?" And everybody's saying, "No, it's not capitalized in my Bible." But in my Bible, "the multitude of sins" is capitalized, and I wanted to emphasize the difference between a multitude of sins or the multitude of sins. And to me, it gave the connotation, it gave the indication that sins, offenses were coming, but love covers it. What love covers, not listen, not just a multitude, because a multitude can have a number to it. But even remember when Jesus said, he said, how can I say, well, I'm supposed to forgive my brother seven times. And the Lord said, no, not seven, but 70 times seven. That we have to walk in a continued commitment of grace before God. Why? Because this agape love, these requirements to love, I don't know about you, but I find often difficult. I need to pray. I need to surrender. I need to give over my will. I need to give over my desire, my appetite to God, because my propensity is to forgive a couple times, maybe. And it depends on what the volume, it depends on what the offense was, and it depends on if I thought you may have meant to do it. 
But when I recognize in my heart the spirit of God and what God is doing is that God lets me feel the offense, but he begins to allow it to subside. He begins to begin to wound me and remind me that it wasn't so long ago. It wasn't so long ago when I was saying I loved God on one side of my mouth but was serving myself out of the other side. It wasn't too long ago. It wasn't too long ago that I was saying hallelujah and hosanna in the church but was raising hell outside of the church. It says, let me read this because I wrote this down and I said, I'm going to read this part. You know, and not that I wanted to read the whole part, but in First Peter, Second Peter, rather, the first chapter, and I'm going to skip all the way down to verse 9, it says this, but he that lacks these things, and I, what I should do is just go and read those things, you know, but he that lacks these things. I mean, you got, I got it, I got it, I got to read it. You got to forgive me for a minute. But it says, he that lacks these things is blind and can't see a far off. In the translation, it says, and nearsighted. That's what it says. And nearsighted and has forgotten that he was once purged from his old sins. Let me read it. Second um, Peter, the first chapter, and I'm going to start at verse 3. I'm going to start at verse 3 and read all the way down. According to his divine power. Given unto us all things pertaining unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and besides this, giving off diligence, add to your faith virtue and the virtue of knowledge, and knowledge, temperance, and temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, but he that lacks these things is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he was once purged this old sin. It's a thing that I recognize talking to a lot of elders that are in the church, that that are older men. And I ask them what about their past life, you know, and, and what were they doing before? And I mean, I had a guy, he was the sweetest, the most gentlest um, saint that I knew, very gracious, very pleasant to be around. He said, man, I carry a gun in my jacket, one on each leg in my sock. You know, I, I was a numbers runner, you know, and, and had a bootlegger, you know, and I did this. And I, I was looking at this kind of like, what? Because you would never know what these men did. I mean, one, it was a young man that had passed away not too long ago who was uh, the leader of a gang that had given his heart to the Lord. These men that were treacherous and these women, you know, that were tenacious, that had these lives before God came, recognizing that they needed a Savior, recognizing that they needed a change, recognizing that God offered them something that they couldn't do themselves. And they came giving their whole heart to God. You know, I said that to lead me to this point because the, the, the worst sin that I think, the, the, the most dangerous sin for us saints is self-righteousness because there are a lot of people, they ain't do all that. They weren't numbers runners. They weren't bad people. They didn't do things, you know, that, that, were, that were questionable.
shouldn't have believed it and do things that, you know, would look, you would look and say, this person is right. You know, but they recognized through the preaching of the gospel that they needed a Savior, and they accepted Christ. But they accepted Christ on the premise that they were good already, but recognized their own goodness wouldn't take them to God. So they came just saying yes to the Lord, not recognizing the need and necessity to give God everything. You know, and you, you see some of these because they still haven't dealt with their nastiness. They still haven't dealt with their short temperedness. They 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 they, they declare it uh, not self righteousness but um, righteous indignation. And, and I said this not too long ago because I, as I continue to press, and I see that the Lord, you know, I, I'm delivered, you know, from fornication, delivered from adultery, delivered from getting high, and all this craziness that I was into, drinking all kind of drugs, all kinds of craziness that I just was into, but then you begin to recognize that there's still something in you. I was I was telling a friend, I said, I don't have a problem with the sin. What I have the problem is I still feel the nastiness. I still feel the distance. I still feel the separation. I still feel the rejection. I still feel the hurt. I still feel the offense. I still feel the craving. I still feel the desire. And I don't like that. And I have had said this years that I don't like the way that my nature is. And I don't know if anyone else has a problem with their own nature, but I have a problem with my nature. I have a problem with my desires because I was exposed to them at a very young age. It's been a part of my life for over 50 years. It's been a part of my life for almost all of my life. But I recognize that if I want to get out of it, hallelujah, bless you, Pastor Johnson, that if I want to get out of it, then I have to give more to God. Some people can go in and sit in the pool and and have fun just sitting at the edge of the pool, putting their feet in and splashing the water, and they're having a ball. They're having a good time. Don't don't come up. Don't form in the water. You don't throw splash water up on them because they're enjoying themselves just sitting on the edge of the pool. I can't do it. I got to dive in. I, 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 can't, I can sit there for a while, but after a while, I, you know, get, get a little envy. I get to the side of myself. I'm like, yeah, this ain't it. This ain't it. I got to dive in, and I got to dive in head first. Whether I do a cannonball, whether I try to jump in and try to wet everybody around or sitting around the pool, but I found out that I cannot do it half-heartedly. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not talking about nobody. I'm talking about me. I, I can't do it half-heartedly. When I do it half-heartedly, when I do it with, with not putting my heart into it, when I do it and I'm not really putting effort to it, it feels like I'm losing ground. You know how you know that 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 that, that hallway that they show in these movies these days, where a person is trying to run from someone and they're trying to run to someone, and it's like the more they run, the further they get away from their goal. I want to run that I might win. I don't want to miss God in church. I don't want to be in church and miss God. I don't want to be in prayer and miss God. I don't want to be in service and miss God. I remember the time where our former pastor told us that he said he had a vision that the rapture came while he was preaching. And while he was preaching, he began to see himself up 
And he looked, and people were rising up with him, a few mothers over here, a few deacons over here, a few people in the back. And he began to recognize that as he was coming up and going up, but he looked down, and some people were still down in the church. And the problem was they were still having church, and the rapture had happened. The Lord had came back. I said, wow. And I had ministered that before about those that were on the Broadway that didn't come on the straight and narrow. They weren't on the narrow gate. They, they, they came and they said, Lord, Lord, didn't we do these things in your name? And I said, God, how do I get to the point where this no longer presses on me so much? I, I, I don't want to talk about love because I get nervous. You know, you, you get nervous sometimes. You know, people say, don't pray for patience because you pray for patience. Trouble coming. Because we understand, even through the word of God, that tribulation is what works patience. But what works love? What manifests the love of God in our hearts? Why is it that you and I have to be reminded so often love each other? Why do I have to be reminded to love you? Why do you have to be reminded to love me? Why do we, if, if, if it's so easy, if it's so natural, why do we have to be so reminded to love each other? I'm going to read that again. In First Peter, the fourth chapter, verse 8, and above all things, have fervent love. It didn't just say love, but but have fervent love. Listen, among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sin. Charity is what covers you and I. Why? Because we're going to offend each other. We're coming from different backgrounds. We're coming from different walks of life, different sexes, different upbringings, different families, different neighborhoods, different cultures. But the Lord is commanding us love each other. We're in Galatians 6, said, brother, if a man be overtaken in a fault, listen, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. But listen to what it says, in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself. Why? Why? The less you also be tempted. In Proverbs 24, it says this, rejoice not when your enemy falls and let not, listen, Listen to the words that it says, and let not your heart. What you mean? What I feel, what I believe, what I feel in my heart is a choice? What I feel when I see you, what I feel when you offend me is a choice? It's a choice? I can't, I can't stop the feeling. I can't stop sometimes what the feeling comes, but what I can do is stop the reaction of my actions. I can stop the reaction of my heart. I can't, I can't stop the feeling. I, I felt the pain. I felt the hit. I felt the attack. I felt the offense. But what I can do, it says here <clears throat> in Proverbs twenty four seventeen, let not your heart be glad when your enemy stumbles. I'm going to read it all the way from the beginning. This is Proverbs 24, 17 and 18. Rejoice not when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. This is why a lot of us, we're looking and we think that people are getting by, getting away with things and offenses that they've done, because our condition of our heart was wrong when we saw their punishment coming. 
when we saw their judgment coming, when we seen them stumbling, when we see them falling, and we knew it was because of the lifestyle they were living, we got happy in our heart. Yeah, God, get them. Yeah, I did it. I've done it, yo, like, like we were sick and like God was our watchdog, and we were sick. Yeah, that's right, God, get him. And we got happy in our heart. But verse 18 said, let the Lord see it. Because, see, now, when we are offended, when we have been offended, when someone's done something against us, God is also, he's going to deal with that person. But if our actions change, if our heart changes, if we rejoice against them when we see that they're stumbling, when we see that they're falling, when we see that the Lord is dealing with them, if our heart gets glad and happy in their falling, the Lord now might say, let the Lord see it, and it displeases him, and he turn away his wrath from them. The Lord will leave them alone because now he has to deal with you and I. Because it's a heart thing. What will the Lord do? What will the Lord do when my heart gets happy because you're losing out? When my heart gets happy because you lost your job and you offended me. When my heart gets happy when something happens in your family, your car breaks down, when you're having financial trouble, when my heart rejoices. That, no, I have to tell you, that's not God. That's not just not the will of God. That's not God. And we're looking at each other and charging each other and judging each other. And the Bible says we shouldn't do that. We, we shouldn't judge another man's servant because it's the Lord. We have to. My charge to you is not to uncover you. If it's something I had, a, I had something that a brother did, and I had the opportunity to talk to him, and it, it was open. But the problem was is that I thought it was personal for him, and it was people around. Now, he was like, well, what's going on? I said, no, I'll talk to you later. And he said, okay. And I got an opportunity to talk to him later. And I talked to him, and we kind of reconciled. And it wasn't that I was offended. It was just that the things that he was doing, I believe, was offensive. You, you ever been a person who someone talked to someone in such a way that you were offended, he and there, they weren't talking to you. They were talking to somebody else. But you were offended for the other person. And I'm like, come on now. We have to do better. I know I have to. I have to do better on my communication. I'm not cursing people out. I, I, I'm not using vulgar language. But I feel the condition of my heart when I'm talking to a person. And I understand that although my mouth might not be saying anything vile, no guile is coming out of it, I still believe in my heart God is looking at me. And I'm so concerned. I'm so concerned with the condition of our heart. I don't want us to miss God. I know I don't want to miss God, and I don't want us to miss God because we've gotten so used we gotten so used to being churchy. We got so used to being religious. We got so used to talking religious jargon. I've been around people, and they talk to people, and they talk to people like everyone grew up in church. And I'm like, come on, we have to do better. And the only reason, I believe that the way that the Lord raised me, because I've been in supervisory modes since I've been 26, you know, and that's that's. And now with my age, that's more than half of my life. So, and I had a, I worked at a job that required 
that the supervisor, that the leader, that the manager talked to people a certain way. You couldn't yell. You, you sure enough couldn't curse at them. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't get too aggressive, and you had to talk to them in a way that was respectful. And how in the world can I do that when these people are seemingly to be hard-headed? But I began to recognize, and I was taught, you know, by Pastor McQueen, a friend of mine, passed away not too long ago. Um, and he said, because being in a position of authority, you have to recognize that you are also under authority. I was like, wow. And it, it, it dawned on me so graciously that because I am accountable to you as your leader, as a minister, Christian, as a brother, as an uncle, friend, as a husband, as a father, I, I'm responsible to you to give you godly wisdom to show you a godly example, to give you the word of God, to pray for you. I'm responsible. God is holding us accountable to each other. And I I just want to read this again. Above all things, have fervent love among yourselves, that there should be a camaraderie of fellowship. There should be a camaraderie of love. And I was talking to the guys, and I said, one of the problems is not so much that it's, it's, it's a cultural thing, but I believe that it's, it, it, it just depends on sometimes where you're raised and how you're raised. A lot of inner city, there's not a lot of trust with people. There's not a lot of trust. You know, we, we learn, and, you know, we the flim-flam guy. Everybody's trying to con you. There's a three-card monte, the, the dice that's loaded. You know, everybody's trying to rob you to push your man. You know, the, the beggar man, everybody's trying to get to you, get something from you. And we come to God, and we have that saying, look, ain't nobody taking advantage of me mentality when we have to learn. Okay where I have to learn how to navigate my heart when dealing with the people of God, when dealing with the brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, being on Facebook, you know, and I I get emails and I get instant messages and I get texts, you know, and responses from people from all over the globe. I know there are several, you know, cities that we are having for uh, Purpose Kingdom. I think it was like, 10 or 12 countries. Let me see if I still have the list that um, Pastor Toy had came up with when our last board meeting. You know, but still, I wanted to read it, but I don't have it written in here, and I'm not going to take the time to get on the book through it. But it was over 12 countries of where the gospel was going and being preached. And I began to get messages and requests for um funding and, 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 and monies from different people. And I'm like, I'm just like you. You know, I'm working. I have a job. I'm taking care of my family. I'm not a pastor. You know, I'm just a brother in the Lord that that's praying that we get this thing right, that we get this thing together and recognizing the platform that the Lord gave us, you know, through social media that we have now the means to reach people that we would have never met. And I do apologize if I haven't gotten back to some, I haven't responded because what I'm going to tell you, I can't do anything, you know, when it comes to that. Listen, 
why we often don't see the destruction. That's why we don't. That's why we don't often see things happen. We don't see where people are paying. We don't live. We don't know how much God is dealing with their heart. We don't know what God is doing in them behind closed doors. But when we begin to change, when we choose, you know, and let me read, <clears throat> when we begin to change the condition of our heart, when we begin to let our heart be glad and rejoice when people stumble, instead of doing what the Bible says and let not our heart be glad, God might turn his wrath away from them, his judgment away from them, because now he got to deal with us because he wants us. He wants me. I want me. I'm beginning to want. I don't want no error. Does that mean I'm going to live a perfect life? No, probably not. I probably do something wrong as far as attitude and speaking to somebody or short-tempered or whatever. You know, the proclivities that I often fall into, those things that so easily get me. You know, those things, sometimes something gets you and you're like, "Mm," I did it again. Oh, man, you get frustrated with yourself. Allow yourself grace. And I'm not talking about allowing yourself grace to just go ahead and do it. But understand that this is a walk. We're running, but we're walking. I know I want to get into uncover and recover, but I just want to read these scriptures. Above all, Colossians 3.14, all put on charity. For charity is the bond of perfectness. The bond, and I wrote down perfection, the bond of maturity. All these things we can do. We understand in First Corinthians, it tells us, you know, if I have speaking with the tongue of men and angels and have not love, listen, I'm trying to say this as simply as possible to all that are listening and are listening by way of blog talk that will hear it. Yeah, they are listening by way of Facebook Live. Question and ask. Look at your walk. I understand you go to church. I understand you believe God. But look at your walk. And I'm not talking about from an emotional standpoint. I'm not talking about how you feel about it. Because I told you before, you know, years ago, that my walk, I felt so exuberant. I felt so, oh, I so felt, you know, my endorphins, you know, I, I felt so in love. I would buy flowers. I would buy candy. I would write poetry. I would do all of these things. But my life was still trash. I was still a fornicator. In the midst of a relationship that I was, I was committed in my heart, my behavior, still had another girl and another girl and another girl on the side. Come on now. And this is how we treat God. We say and put think that God looks at us because we feel the love toward him in our hearts. Listen, love is a lot of things. But it's not just a feeling. There's a commitment there. The Bible says this is the love of God. And that is to keep his commandments. What? what? You, you don't, I, but, I, but I love you. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's what the Lord said. 
But this is the love of God. To keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not burdensome. His commandments, listen, it says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burdens, his burdens, his commandments, his light. How? Because I've died and am dying and will be dying to self. Why do you do that? Because I die daily. Because I recognize if I don't stay in his presence, if I don't stay confessing, if I don't stay talking to God, putting myself at the altar, my nature will turn against me. If I'm not turning my plate down and fasting, if I'm not praying, if I'm not calling on the Lord, my nature will do what my nature will do because my nature has not been saved. My flesh has not been saved. Your flesh has not been saved. Your flesh, and you can get on your knees and pray overnight and get up and get into sin in the morning because our flesh will not want to please God. That's why it's a law that they that please God cannot walk in the flesh. For there's a law of sin and death that abides in this flesh. But the spirit, the law of the spirit of life and peace is in Christ Jesus. And in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. My God, I tell you, I'm excited about what God wants to do, but are you excited? I was telling the brother on my way, and I'm bringing it in already, Rob. I was telling my brother on the way um, to work today, and he was telling, I told him I was going to pray for him, and he reminded me of a time I prayed for him years ago. And I prayed, but when I, I thought about some of the times I prayed, out of religious duty. When, when Some of the times I prayed out of the expectation of men, my heart wasn't in it. I, I, I remembered some of the times I prayed because I knew people were looking and expected me or were looking for someone that was spiritual. And it wasn't that I was spiritual. It was that I wanted the praise of men, my God. What a tragedy to be in the and have the opportunity to be in the very presence of God, and our desire is yet only to be seen of men. What a tragedy. We, we thank God for you that have come. I want to read one more scripture. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna say that we 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 have we had this gonna be part two. We're gonna do uncover and recover on the 19th. Our next broadcast is the 19th September. Lord willing, we'll be here ministering again. Cover, uncover, recover. But maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you you've been hurt. You know you've been offended. You know, but I, I want to tell you, God is requiring you to get it right. You say, but they, they did that to me. They, they hurt me. They, they did me wrong. But God is requiring you to get it right. God is requiring you 
to be, to forgive. God is requiring you, whether they get it right, whether they do the right thing or not. <clears throat> Excuse me. God is requiring you to come to him with your whole heart. Maybe you've just gone to church and maybe you've been in church for a while, whatever the case may be. But if this word arrested you, if this word touched your heart and you felt that I was talking to you, that's the Lord telling you. He's requiring you to be that person. He's requiring you. Let me read Proverbs 24, 17, and 18 again. Rejoice not when your enemy falls, and don't let your heart be glad when they stumble. Let the Lord see it, and it displeases him, and he turn away his wrath from them. God is looking at our heart, people. God is looking at our heart. I want to pray. After I lead you through the sinner's prayer, I want to pray, and I want to pray for every minister on the air. I want to pray for every minister that comes on Facebook, every minister that's using social media as a means of spreading the gospel. But I want to first pray for you that don't know the Lord or just feel the desire and need in your heart to pray and ask God to forgive you again. So repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Give me of my sin and wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Save my soul and forgive me of my sin. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, come into my heart and become Lord, master my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Amen. If you said what you meant and meant what you said, God has done exactly what you asked. I want to pray for you, and I'm going to continue in prayer as I pray for those that are ministering on Facebook and social media. God, I do thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice, um, Blog Talk Nation and Purpose Kingdom Network, God, that you would continue to bless them, continue to strengthen them, God. Fill them with your love. God, even as newborn babes and they desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow, God, feed them with manna from on high, the bread of heaven. Speak to their hearts, speak to their minds, speak to their souls, speak to their spirits, speak to them through your word, God, in the name of Jesus, God. We bind the spirit of infirmity for those that may be sick among us. God, and we speak life, we speak health, we speak healing. We are Jehovah Rapha, God. Everything that has a name, every illness, every sickness, every disease, God, that they put a name to, your name is greater. We speak the name of Yahshua, the name of Yahweh, the name of Jesus. We speak your name over every sickness, every disease, God, every deception, every lie, every distraction, every division, not every work of the flesh, hallelujah, and the will of the enemy. 
in Jesus' name. And I want to pray for every minister. You know, as you ministered this word to me, just that one word, love. God, I hear the arguments, and I hear the apologetics, God. I hear the heretics, God. I hear the apostates, God. I hear, God, the things that are going across the air and into the ears of your people. God, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, according to your wisdom, God, that you would bind us together. Help us to know that we are a part one of another, God. God, in the word says that if we bite and devour, God, I know that some doctrines are just damnable, God, and her- heresies, God, that are being spoken. God, but I pray, God, that we get an opportunity to talk to each other. God, those that are confronting those that are speaking in error. I thank you for the wisdom of your word. Thank you for sound doctrine. I pray, God, that you would speak to your people through sound doctrine. God, give them ears of discernment that they may discern you and your voice through all of the noise in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to bring... Our engineer back online. He's going to come and give you a few announcements, you know, and you know some information. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to come back with a final word and a benediction. God bless you. All right, all right. Thank you, and uh, we uh, appreciate the word that's brought forth tonight, Ms. Uh, Reverend Williams, and we greatly appreciate uh, what you shared with us tonight. Real quickly, this is the Project Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you listen to us online or via phone, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support of us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also would like to thank those that share with their friends and family members and let them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we broadcast it live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. When we do a live show, we do have a call-in number, which is 319-527-6091. And anytime you want to talk to the host, you can just press the number 1. Also, we do have our past shows, which you can go also on the same website, www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. All you have to do is simply type in the host name or the show name. You can hear that show in its entirety, and that's your convenience. Uh, we also invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. You can see our upcoming shows and advertisements, and from time to time we do make major announcements on our social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter under the handle Purpose underscore Kingdom. Uh, also, if you want to email us, you can email us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a praise report. And also, if you're in need of a Bible, you can just leave your contact information, and we can see about getting your Bible. <clears throat> Okay, uh, also we do have a radio network, which is pkn.com, where you can listen to 24 hours of music inspiration. Okay, and uh, with God's known, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening for a rebroadcast of Purpose Kingdom Network. And once again, with God's known, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening for a rebroadcast of Purpose Kingdom Network. All right, with that being said, I'm going to hand the show back over to Reverend Williams. And um, great show, Reverend Williams. Bless you, sir. We appreciate it. My favorite, Reverend. Amen. Amen. We thank God for you um, that are listening. You know, as we come to a close, you know, um, I, I sometimes get upset with myself, you know, um, because I, I, I want so 
much. <laughs> I want so much, you know, but I, I realize that um, for that ability, I have to dig deeper. You just, just, I have to dig deeper. We want more, but we don't want to commit to what it takes. And that's the difference between champions often. Who is willing to go the extra mile? So that's my challenge. If you find that you still have a desire for greater capacity, I want to challenge you to answer that call, whether it's turning down your plate, whether it's praying more, whether it's studying more, getting into your word more, whatever desire that you see. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's not even something that I would consider or you can, and I would consider spiritual. Maybe it's just something that you've been procrastinating about. God is challenging and calling you out of that procrastination tonight that you would put forth the effort that it takes, the discipline that it takes to what? Get it done. Listen, you have help towards God that works in you. Listen, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. My God, God wants to work in us, through us, with us as we continue to move forward. That's my challenge. As we continue to walk in love one toward another, that the love of God be spread abroad in our hearts by faith. For listen, faith works by love. What a combination. Faith works by love. The more I love him, the more I grow in faith. The more I grow in faith, the more I love him. And the more I love them, the more, my God, we're going from round to round. Every round goes higher and higher. We're going from rank to rank. We're going from strength to strength because of the love of God. My God, my God, we thank you. Thank God. So, again, our next broadcast is the 19th. I might, you know, you've been seeing me off and on, maybe on a Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Friday morning, Friday afternoon. I've been trying to get a little bit more consistent with that. But I might pop in with a moment with the minister. You know, so look out for those. Those I don't usually send out a blog or send out a, um, a, a hit to let everybody know that I'm coming on. I just go ahead and do it. You know, by the time people recognize and start coming on, I'm done. You know, five minutes, three minutes. You know, when it's on me, it's on me. When it's, when it's going, I stop. You know, so we thank, but we thank God for you that have been supporting DTW Ministries since its inception. You know, been on Blog Talk. You know, been just consistent with us and praying for us. You know, encouraging us, and we just thank God for you. And we just pray that you would be encouraged, you know, and that the Lord will continue to move and motivate you, you know, your loved ones, you know, your ministry, you know, your family, your business, whatever you're playing, whatever you put your hand to do, that God would continue to bless it. And if you don't know him, that you would come to know him through the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's our prayer for you. God, we do thank you and we bless you. Even as we've come to a close, God, we thank you that your spirit was with us. We thank you and we seal this word 
right here on the air. We seal this word with your anointing, for we know it's your anointing that destroys every yoke. And the word, God, that destroys every yoke, every yoke of bondage, every yoke of sin, in the name of every yoke of disease, every yoke, God, that's on your people, we pray that your anointing right now will destroy it in Jesus' name, in the name of Yahshua. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You all have a great evening. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me.